Welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. This is a daily conversation about scripture, culture, and media from a Reformed perspective. Here's your host, Pastor Keith Foskey. Welcome back to Coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I am a Calvinist. Today, we are going to continue a conversation that we began a few weeks ago, and this is another episode of the Caffeinated Calvinist Roundtable. And so I'm going to bring up my, my friends here, the ones who do this show with me. I have today Sam Brown, who is, uh, who is a humorous voice on Caffeinated, Caffeinated Calvinist. He always, always loves to make us laugh. You can see him with his hands there. And we have Richard Roden. He is our serious scholar. <laughs> <laughs> We're all three. We're all three. Uh, love to talk to one another and love to talk to you. And so, uh, we a few weeks ago we did a countdown of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, and we ended up on one that I don't think any of us expected. We ended up on a Christmas Carol as the greatest Christmas movie. We did it in a format of a head-to-head competition. It was based on a. Uh, a tournament style bracket system and it was a setup and if you haven't seen it and you're looking for something fun to do this Christmas week go back and watch what we did just a few weeks ago on the show but today we're going to continue that same vein of debate by looking at Christmas songs Christmas music and today we're going to be looking at Christmas hymns tomorrow we're going to be looking at Christmas carols, songs that are not necessarily, not necessarily religious in nature, but uh, are sung at Christmas time. And we're looking for the best Christmas hymn, the best Christmas carols. And then day three, we're going to look at the worst of the worst. And the worst of the worst is songs that are just plain awful, bad Christmas music. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that conversation as well. So today we're going to be looking at the best of the Christmas hymns. And here's what we have As far as the Christmas hymns go, we have O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, O Come, All Ye Faithful, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Joy to the World. Now, you might say, well, how did you come up with those four? There's there's tons of Christmas hymns. Well, we started out with a really long list, and we whittled them down through a series of conversations that we've had with several folks. I had some conversations with folks at my church, with Sunday school class, and even among us, we sort of looked at which ones we thought were best and sort of conversated about that. And uh, these are the four that we've come up with as, as the best. And each of us are going to be uh, arguing for one or the other as we think is the as the best Christmas hymn. And how we're defining that versus a Christmas carol, these are ones that are specifically uh, sung in church. These are songs that are, they're, they're not, they relate to the birth of Jesus in some way. Brother, is that is that correct? Is that how you would define that? We talk about Christmas hymns, right? These are these relate to the to the birth of Jesus. These are these. This isn't like White Christmas or Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. This has something to do with the the birth of Christ. You guys would agree with that? Yes, sir. And these are songs that you do. You guys, do you guys sing Christmas songs at church? Do you do, does your church sing traditional Christmas songs all year round? All year round. Okay. All right. How about, how about yeah. you, Richard? Yes, we, uh, we've seen every one of these familiar typically we sing them often. Okay. Over the last few weeks, have you been singing more in church, Richard, or has it been fairly, um, do you mix it up? Do, do you guys do all Christmas songs in December or do you do a mixture of regular worship songs and Christmas songs? It's a, it's a mixture. There'll be, 
one in there because usually on a Sunday morning we'll have three or four hymns that we'll sing or sometimes it's contemporary uh, kind of Christian music. Um, it ain't uh, – anyway, I'm not going to go long there. It's not your garbage radio stuff. But anyway, there'll be one <laughs> or two in there, but it's not all Christmas all the time um, on, during Christmas season, no. Okay. All right. Uh, well, to, let's look at this list again. I'm going to bring it back up. And uh, I want to ask, I'm going to start with Sam. Sam, here's the list. We have O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, O Come, All Ye Faithful, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, and Joy to the World. Of those four, which one do you think should come out as the top Christmas hymn, uh, the one that you would most like to sing at Christmas time? And, 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 and acknowledging these are all good songs. I, I think we would all acknowledge they're all good songs. Wh- which one do you think is the best and, and why? So I would like to thank you for having me on again. And uh, I, would, I, would, I would totally agree that any song about the Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. But I'm not only going to advocate for one of these particular hymns as the greatest Christmas hymn. I'm going to advocate for a particular version of a particular song on this list. And I'll explain why. In the modern day, it's important to recognize prophets when they come forward. So several years ago, um, the secular rock band Twisted Sister did a... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what now? The secular rock band, <laughs> secular rock band Twisted Sister did a very twisted Christmas album. And they did O Come All Ye Faithful to the tune of their seminal classic hit, We're Not Gonna Take It. And that, in my opinion is the greatest <laughs> Christmas song ever. Not only is it singing the glories of Jesus Christ, but it's doing it via metal. So, so I got to try this. So it's, Oh, come I ye faithful. And we're not going to take it. So no, no, no it, it's, it's just to the tune. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Okay, and, that guy's, okay. and that guy's got a beautiful voice anyway. So he's just rocking it. And then the guitars come in to Bethlehem. <laughs> Amazing. You got to, can you pull it up and play it now? Or I, 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 I don't, I, I don't know if I can. I don't, I don't okay. think my uh, program will let me do that. But check uh, it out. Check it out. Listeners. Everyone, Let's everyone go to YouTube, look up the Twisted Sister version of O Come All Ye Faithful. Is there any particular lines in the hymn that are, that, that are meaningful to you? Or is it just that the whole song that you like or uh, anything? You know, it, you wanna, it's really, it's, it's really just, it's just a praise song. And that's what I love about it. It, it, it is. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, all ye faithful. You know, oh, sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. That is just, that's not trying to be too clever by half, like all these modern, you know, we have, we have all these churches that have 90s hip hop medleys on stage and smoke and lights and no, 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 no. We just need to sing praise songs because we're there on Sunday mornings to praise God. And that's what I love about the Oh, come, all ye faithful is the simplistic the, sim- the beautiful simplicity of praising God. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Richard, I imagine you have uh, a, a, one of these songs that, that just happens to be your favorite. I'll bring the list up for you again. Uh, so we have one vote for O Come All Ye Faithful. Brother Richard, would you give me your, your favorite and why? Well, it was difficult to pick from these four, obviously, because they're all good. Um, but for me, when it comes to a to a a song of any type, whether it 
whatever the case may be. My first kind of prerequisite for it is one, does it drive you to scripture? When you hear the song, can you, or does it drive you to places in the Bible that cause you to then think and dwell on those particular attributes of God that then drive you to even deeper worship? And for me, of these four, Park the Herald Angels Sing would do that the best. I've got the lyrics up here, and <clears throat> just with the way it starts with uh, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, um, God and Sinners Reconciled, uh, Christ Born in Bethlehem. So this is all starts with the idea of what we see in the in, at Christ's announcement to the shepherds, you know, the, the heavenly host singing. And so that drives you to scripture there. And then some of my second verse, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, um, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. I mean, that's driving to the Godhead of Christ, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. And then it gets into this, the third verse, uh, mild he lays his glory by, I immediately think of Philippians 2, where it says that he was, he left heaven and laid his glory down to being born as a man. But Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the son of earth, born to give them second birth. It is gospel. It is Christ's deity. It is all that wrapped in one, and it drives you to scripture. So that's why I pick it among the four, because I think it does the best job of doing that. And in 2006, Weezer did a great version of that. <laughs> the, the, you guys have right. to look. We should, create a, <laughs> we should create a playlist on YouTube of Sam's greatest hymns done by rock and roll artists. That would be great. That, 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 that the, the Sam's choice. Wait a minute. That's a, that's a soda pop, but anyway. <laughs> the, well, if you really want something, you can go to, uh, you can probably find it on James White's, uh, off an Omega website. The fellow that does his intro to the, um, radio free Geneva with, uh, my mighty fortress is our God intro and, done in with guitar and all that he's done several christmas songs there's like 10 or 12 of them on one cd it's called tim bushong oh come emmanuel or something like that but they're all set to uh rock so they're all pretty cool and i, I think all these are on there <laughs> believe awesome. it or not so awesome if you don't want to go find twisted sister <laughs> <laughs> well see i'm gonna be jam. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be jamming to twisted sister as soon as we're done uh well now <laughs> To quote the modern prophet Gene Simmons, God gave rock and roll to you. Yes, I, I okay. suppose he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's my turn, and I will say Richard took my answer. I don't think Hark the Herald Angels Sing is just a good Christmas hymn. I think it's a I think it's one of the best uh, Christological hymns that's ever been written. I think, uh, especially the third verse, which is often not referenced as much. And that is the mild he lays his glory by. I do think that's a reference Philippians two and, um, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see hail the incarnate deity. These are, so, th these are, these are thoughts that modern Christians often don't even have. They don't even think about these things. And, and so I, I would say a song that encourages you to think deeper and, 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 and praise more, uh, more biblically are is great but since no one chose O come Emmanuel I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that one and then in a moment I'm gonna explain why joy to the world shouldn't even be on this list but we're gonna talk about that in just a second uh, O come O come Emmanuel I do like it 
as a musician as well as and worship leader as as well as a as a hymn because of the um the sort of somber you know oh come oh come emmanuel it i i do like there there is a place for the discussion about how music how certain songs feel mm. because even though we should not be driven by emotion i, I often show when I'm teaching, I say, if you think of like a train with an engine, a car and a caboose, and you think of three aspects of our faith, uh, faith, facts, and feelings, um, facts are the engine because it wouldn't be any good to have faith in something that isn't true. So facts is the engine that draws us. The car then is the faith and, and what comes up behind is the emotions. And all three of those things are important we we should not be stoic emotionless worshipers so so we shouldn't emotions shouldn't pull the car but emotions also shouldn't be disconnected from it as well so we can we can talk about the emotional appeal of certain songs as long as they are theologically accurate and i do think oh come will come emmanuel you know rejoice rejoice emmanuel that there's just a certain there's some thought went into how that sounds and how that feels when you sing it. And I do think that there's value there. So, so even though I would agree with uh, uh, Richard uh, that Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, I think is the better song. I did want to advocate for the, the other one. I think I know why it's on the list. Uh, but now let's talk about joy to the world, because I don't think joy to the world should be on this list because joy to the world is actually not about Christmas. It's about the second coming of Christ. If you look at the lyrics of Joy to the World, it's referring to what happens when Christ comes again. And uh, let me pull up the lyrics real quick, and I'll, I'll make my argument. Um, I'm looking at them, too. Okay. I've already got them up. I was prepared. I did my homework. Look at you. I, uh, I was putting children to bed who I didn't want to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I got so five while, windows open. So while you're doing that, Keith, I was going to just put a little finer point on what you were saying, because I'm totally in agreement with um, faith, facts, and feelings. Um, I, I think sort of the only nuance that I would add to that is that the feelings are not the point of the song. The feelings are the side effect, right? Oh, absolutely. Truly, truly worshiping our creator is something that we, that we find joy in. We don't seek that joy for ourselves, but it's... It's, I mean, I know it's, it's very nuanced. It's a very small difference, but I know people who go to these happy clappy churches and they sit there with the rock show that they watch. And it's disgusting to me that that's the purpose of them going because they like seeing a good show. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that has to be, it certainly has to be considered that, uh, that much of what happens in evangelicalism today is mere enter entertainment for entertainment's mm -hmm. sake. And it's not, um, it's certainly not anything resembling genuine Christian worship. Um, just quickly, uh, I did pull the lyrics up here. And uh, the, the point, I think, of the song, it certainly says, Joy of the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. You could say, yes, that's about Jesus' first coming. Um, but it later in the song, it refers to the, the reversing of the curse of uh, let me let me find the the verse I'm looking for. Um, he rules the here it is. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove 
the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. That's not it. Where is it? I think I'm looking at like a modern version here. Why can't we just have the regular version? Uh, do you guys see the part that I'm I, that where it talks about the reversing of the curse? Am I am I as 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 far as far as the curse is found? I'm, as far as the I'm, curse is found, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing the the line in my head. Yeah, no yeah. more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Uh, is that what you're talking about? I yes. know why I couldn't find it. The version I'm looking at is under a video of pentatonics. Yeah, that's what mine uh, was too. I just uh, wanted to. Uh, <laughs> Cursed. Oh, by the way, on the third show this week, we are going to be discussing whether or not pentatonics should be on your Christmas playlist, but we're going to talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> Pro tip, the answer is no. <laughs> okay, so ultimately, uh, I'll, I'll give, I'm going I'm to tip my hand on this. I actually heard a sermon uh, by Al Mohler on Joy to the World, and it's a very good sermon. You can go back and find it online, where he, dis, where he explained that this song was originally written about the second coming of Christ, but it has been co-opted to be a Christmas song. And certainly it can fit for both, but that it was actually originally written as a, uh, as a, as about the second coming. And if you read it with that in mind, it does make sense. And so is it, is it a great Christmas song? Well, it's been, it has been, it has traditionally become a Christmas song and everybody's top 10 Christmas hymns list includes joy to the world. But the greatest joy will be when the Lord comes again. And that's the point. So anyway, that, that, uh, that finishes that, uh, that conversation. And I do have, uh, before we end today's program, I have one very quick lightning discussion. And this is going to be uh, just quick opinion question because we're, we're running out of time on, on today's program. Do we think that O Holy Night is a good or a bad Christmas hymn. And here's the reasoning. I was told by a very dear friend, a man I love and respect, that he does not like O Holy Night because the third verse is a social justice proclamation. And if you don't know, look up O Holy Night. And we just sang it at church last night. And as I was singing the third verse of the song, I got to thinking about this guy's argument. And it, it makes sense. I mean, he's a pastor. This guy's put a lot of thought into this. And the third verse of O Holy Night uh, does seem to, it could certainly be co-opted by those who are promoting a social gospel. So for, if, you, if, you have, if you don't remember the third verse, it says, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Uh, sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name um, so so the, the the key part I think that he doesn't like is the part where it says in his name all oppression shall, shall cease and I would see that as oppression of sins oppression but he's right. seeing this as a as a as a statement of, of that, that that this is that this is a social justice song well, the first question I got is when when was this written originally? Uh, you you keep talking and I'll and I'll look that up. Because if you truly, he has taught us to love one another. That again, like we're talking about driving you to scripture. What has he taught us? Um, uh, you'll know you'll know who his disciples are if they have love for one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. That is a biblical statement. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother. The slave being 
and correct me if I'm wrong here, change shall he break for the slave is our brother. Our brother is Christ. He came to be a servant or maybe he's talking about the slave as in, you know, each other, but either way, the slave is our brother. That's another, in his name, all the precious seats. I agree with you. That's, he's talking about the oppression of sin. It's not talking about how we oppress one another over racial differences. I have no idea. I, well, he, I mean, cause, cause when you, when you originally sent us the message talking about this, we're going to talk about this when it was, Oh, Holy Night is a social justice song. I'm thinking, what? I've never even heard that before. Or and like by the way, before. it was written in, Oh, it was written in uh, 1847. So just so we know, so, 1847. Well, okay. So it's written in 1847. So in no way, shape or form could it have possibly been anything to do with social justice when the original writer penned it. So he's read, he's, he's doing a presupposition. He's reading something into the song that's not there. Cause I guarantee you the original writer, when he wrote this, he had scripture in mind. He wasn't thinking about 2020 when everything is racist. Well, as but I said, I, the, the, the guy, the as I, well, as I said, though, the guy who said this is very thoughtful. Um, I, I would, I would want to, I would want to uh, ask him more why he thinks this, uh, but that's okay. And, and we are running low on time. The zoom limits us on time. So Sam, do you have anything you want to add to that before we, before yeah, we wrap up? For absolutely. Today? Uh, just real quick. My initial thought when you said that was something that I constantly have to remind myself of, cause I'm still a relatively new Christian is that I always have to consistently remind myself, am I looking at the Bible through a cultural worldview or the culture through a biblical worldview. And when you hear all oppressions shall cease and you instantly go to soy boy, male feminist, feminist Antifa people and think that's what that's talking about. I, I have to think that you're interpreting that through a cultural worldview rather than a biblical worldview, because all oppressions shall cease in heaven will all be free and, and all oppression will actually cease. So uh, um, I, I would say that's, I would respectfully and lovingly say that's nonsense. Okay. The only thing I can figure that he's doing, and I'll say this quick, that your pastor friend is he's worried about it being twisted. Maybe that's yeah. what he's doing. He's and I, and so I could, by the culture. And I could see that happening. I could see someone today right. hearing it and applying it incorrectly, yeah. app applying it not non-biblically. All right, gentlemen, th thank you guys uh, and hang out because, you know, we're going to continue. We're going to record tomorrow's program. But for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening to today's program. I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas week. And I hope that what you have heard today has been somewhat encouraging. We were a little more serious today talking about uh, the value of the... Um, the value of, 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 of the Twisted Sister. Well, we talked about the value of... Uh, scriptural um, basis of these songs. And so right now we're going to switch to, we're going to switch to uh, talking about the best Christmas carols, but that's going to be on tomorrow's program. So I hope that you plan to be with us tomorrow. Thank you for watching coffee with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey and I have been your Calvinist. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Coffee with the Calvinist. If you enjoyed the program, please take a moment to subscribe and provide us feedback. We love to receive your comments and questions and may even engage with them in a future episode. As you go about your day, remember this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. All who come to him in repentance and faith will find him to be a perfect savior.
He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. May God be with you.